Hey, Rockheads. Before we get started today, I want to let you know about an opportunity to get face-to-face with some of your favorite .NET rock stars at Dev Intersection, happening this October from the 25th through the 28th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. One all-day workshop in particular is called Making the Jump to ES6 in TypeScript, with John Papa and Dan Walleen. That happens all day Monday. Now, this is a hands-on workshop, so you bring your own laptop. You'll learn how to convert ES6 and TypeScript to ES5 using tools like Gulp and TSC so that it can run in any browser. You'll learn about modules, classes, maps and sets, destructors, types, interfaces, generics, and many more language features. And if you register for a workshop package before August 3rd, you'll get your choice of a Microsoft Band 2, a Surface 3, or an Xbox One. Plus, you'll save nearly a grand. Hey, get it? A grand. So register now. Check it out at devintersection.com. .NET Rocks, episode 1321, with guest Gary Ewan Park. Recorded Thursday, June 9th, 2016. Hey, it's Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we're at, uh, we're in Oslo still. We are still in Oslo, and we like it here. At the NDC. We're right next to the stage this year. Oh, yeah. We're in a different spot, but I kind of like it because we get a better view of the whole thing. Yeah, we kind of, yeah, we have our back against the wall here, so we have a view right. of the whole place. And uh, lots of listeners dropping by and saying hi. Yeah, last night we went out on a cruise. You were... I was asleep. Asleep. Because my my flight a... delays and stuff, I ended up being awake for 30-something hours, uh, and eventually I'm like, you know what? I have to go to bed now. Bye-bye. But it was a nice cruise out in the Oslo Harbor, and then we ended up at the whiskey shop where I found a scotch. It was a Dalmore, which you, you and my I favorites. are yep. really fond of Dalmore, a single malt, and uh, this one was from 1978. My goodness. 37 years old. That's an old scotch. Didn't get too woody, huh? Yeah, no. Well, it's always a question of when was it put in the bottle. Yeah, that's right, right. Yeah. So, delicious. It was just unbelievable. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I would highly recommend that to anyone. All right, let's roll the music for Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, what do you got, buddy? Well, as you know, next week, uh, you may not know, next week we're going to have an interview with Jimmy Bogard. Is that so? And uh, Jimmy... Happened to be at the whiskey shop last night. Did he now? In fact, and we were talking. We weren't talking about this, but I did find this really cool blog post about a tool he wrote called Mediator, and it's M E D I A T capital R, which is for implementing the command pattern in uh, MVC Web AVI. So it's uh, it's a really great way to send commands uh, from your ASP.NET MVC Web API controllers. And what's interesting is that the blog post is a really nice explanation of why you need something like this. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to just, you know, go directly to Mediator. I kind of like this context around it. So this is a johnhilton.net blog post from June 6, 2016, this year. And I just thought it was pretty cool. It's a nice little little uh, uh, tool. And, uh, yeah, know it, learn, and love it. Nice. We'll talk to Jimmy about it next week, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so. That's a, that's a cool topic. Yeah. So that's what I got. Richard, who's talking to us? Grabbed a comment off of show 1275, the one we did with Robert Schaefer. We talked about using MS Deploy. Right. right. After doing all these shows about Octopus Deploy and all these other ways to build software, mm-hmm. uh, was neat. Robert reached out and talked to us about it. he was being successful with MS Deploy, which poorly documented. I mean, there's no other way to say it, mm. but lots of capabilities in there. And that generated just a ton of comments. Oh, yeah. Did it ever. It's always interesting to see which shows. It's another gauge, right, about yeah. shows that resonate with people. There's so much commentary. But I really love this one. This is from Thomas Lindenhofer, who said, this show helped me a lot. I developed Java a lot in past years. Now I work for a company which is using mainly .NET. I want to help the developer set up continuous integration and later continuous delivery. I know how to do this in the Java world, but I'm new to the .NET world. I've searched a lot, but was not able to figure out what would be a really good solution for automated deployments. And now I know. Thank you for that. And I would love to see the stuff you talked about open source. And I think Mm. he's talking about MS Deploy being open source. Yeah. Which seems unlikely. Right. Right? The whole web deploy kit, like... Although there's no reason it couldn't be, really, but it does seem unlikely. But the good news is, Thomas, there are other tools out there that are open source for deploy. I mean, but it is interesting to build up your tool chain of the pieces to do, say, 
continuous delivery. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different bits, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about cake today. Mm-hmm. So, Thomas, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks rug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media. We publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there, we read it on the show. We'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We decorate cakes with him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cake, let's talk to Gary Ewan Park about it. Gary has been developing on the .NET platform for almost nine years. His day job sees him developing using ASP.NET, AngularJS, and WPF for oil companies working in the North Sea, which is just about where we are. In his spare time, Gary contributes to a number of open source projects using Chocolatey, Boxstarter, Cake, Pisaki. I call it Saki, but yes. Pisaki? Pisaki. Yeah. And Git version. Gary is a founding member of the Aberdeen Developers.net user group, which we have spoken to. Yes, we were there not just not that long ago, actually. On the ScottNet Rocks tour. That's right. <laughs> and they hold monthly <laughs> sessions on any topic related to the Microsoft.net technology stack. Welcome, Gary. Thank you very much. Great Glad to, to be here. Great to have you on the show. We had such a good time in Scotland, man. It was a fun time. Oh, indeed. yeah. Yeah, yeah no definitely. two ways about it. No, we were very happy to have you both over, so uh, it, was, it was good that we could make it happen. Yeah, I was Scott very happy. Scott Net Rocks. Who Scott came Net up Rocks. with it? Was that you that, that came up with it? <laughs> no, I can't claim responsibility for that. No, that was, uh, that was David Christensen in All This Glory. True. So uh, yeah, okay. it was, it was David's, David's tagline, that one. What a good time. All right, so what the heck is cake, anyway? <laughs> what the hell is cake? So cake <laughs> is, uh, simply put, it's a, uh, a build and uh, orchestration tool okay. uh, that takes as, uh, as its input uh, essentially what is a C-sharp file. So what the, 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 the hole that it's trying to fill is there's uh, people out there who have uh, using build systems already, mm-hmm. um, but they, there's, there's a little bit of jarring there. There's, they might have to pick up uh, XML if they're using MS Build, or they might have to learn uh, another language like PowerShell or, mm. or F-sharp, depending on what build uh, platform they're, that they're using. So where Cake is trying to come into it is it's a language that you're already familiar with. A lot of people write in C-sharp in their day-to-day jobs. So what we like to say is, if you're using uh, C-sharp to do your WPF applications or your Windows applications or your web applications, why not use C-sharp to also do the build uh, orchestration and uh, automation? So if it's C-sharp, why do they call it a C-sharp DSL? Uh, simply because it's um, under the hood, it's, uh, we're using uh, the Roslyn compiler. Mm-hmm. So we're using the C-sharp DSL, the, the um, DSL, maybe not strictly the right term here, but it's literally, it's a C-sharp uh, on top of uh, Roslyn that compiles down into a compilable uh, okay. script. But we also add in some additional uh, uh, method aliases and property, property aliases, which um, that's really where the DSL is coming in. We're adding, we're adding in um, keywords, keywords that uh, make it just work. Yeah. So for instance, uh, we've got method aliases for things like just MS build. So if you want yeah. to run MS build, it's literally MS build, open bracket, uh, throw in a bunch of parameters, mm. and that's you running MS build. And Great. we have and those... doing the external call to the MS build yes. with mean, the parameter set and all that. So rather than having to worry about, oh, what was that command line argument to do this, or what was this command line argument to do this, it's literally a property on a settings class that nice. you're newing up. So IntelliSense works. So that's, no, that's, the, the, that's, oh. that's the slight caveat dun, dun, just now. Dun. So you're so, not writing cake in, in, in Visual Studio, obviously, then. So you certainly can. So, so oh. where, where we are right now, so you can either write your cake file in uh, an editor of your choice, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's Visual Studio, whether it's VS Code, whether it's Atom. Um, so the one thing that we are missing just now is IntelliSense, and that's, a lot, that's the thing that people often ask for yeah, sure. because that just makes sense. It's C-sharp. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. we're aiming for right now is uh, we're working with the OmniSharp guys to allow that that uh, syntax highlighting and um, um, uh, IntelliSense to come into those other browsers. So we're gonna, we are working with that. It's just not been a core focus for us right so now. So you say we and us. Are you actually involved in? Build? I'm one of the core team members now of Cake. Oh, so the the project itself was started in uh, 2014 by uh, a Swedish colleague called uh, Patrick Svensson, mm. and it was later joined by uh, Matthias Carlson. I think who I think yeah, you yeah. both know. Sure. Uh, so I joined the team at the tail end of 2015. Uh, I'd, I'd got into the point where I was. I was using Cake myself, mm-hmm. and because of the other projects that I work on, uh, like Chocolatey and Git version, I wasn't able to call those tools from within Cake. So I started a number of PRs into the repository to allow me to call out to Chocolatey to install a package or to run Git version as part of my build process. Yeah. So off the back of that, 
and because they're very nice people, uh, mm. they invited me to join the team, and I'm now one of the the core team members. Dude, there's no project, substitute yeah. for contributing to the problem, right? right? Like, I mean, the Absolutely. bottom line is, you wanted these things to work, you made them work, exactly. You shared your work, uh, and you were effectively a team member at that moment. And it was uh, it was a testimony to the actual project in terms of how easy it was to get those extension points added in. So, yeah, if, nice. there, if there are any tools out there that we don't cater for, it's a very simple uh, mechanism to get that added into. So, Cake. let's talk about the things it can do. I love the concise description on the website CakeBuild.net. Uh, it does things like compiling code, obviously, but copying files and folders, running unit tests, compressing files, building NuGet packages. What else can it do? Um, so literally at this point, um, so what I'll say is because it's C-sharp, you can literally do anything you want. Of so, course. Um, if you wanted to do something that's not in Cake, it's uh, it's a point that you uh, reference a DLL, you mm. bring that into the, the, the script file, and you use it as you would in your normal code. Sure. But out of the box, uh, we've got things like... Um, Docker. If you wanted to run up a Docker container as part of your build, mm. we have method aliases and property aliases to allow that to happen as part of the build. Um, we have so that's actually a community uh, contributed one. Mm -hmm. So it's a third party extension. So out of the box, I think we've got something like uh, 30 tools that we can run natively from Cake, hmm. but we've got another 40 to 50 external tools that community members have have added into the project. Mm. Um, so whether it's, for instance, if you wanted to as part of your build. Uh, send a message to a Slack channel or to a Gitter room to yeah. say that the build failed or it succeeded, then there are extension points to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, as you said, the, the unit testing side of things, we cover all the major unit testing frameworks, XUnit, NUnit, MS-Test, VS-Test, uh, FixA, all of those ones are out of the box supported. And then IL merge and Wix yep. and Sign Tool. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's what we what we what we attempted to cover in the core tools as we call them or the common tools is the 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 first set of tools that everyone kind of uses as part of their build. Yeah. Uh, and then where the community can contribute and start to come in is there there the more idiosyncratic uh, tools that are not as commonly used but common enough that enough people want them to do so. Is that like DNU? What's that? So DNU is the that was the original name for the uh, .NET tooling uh, for .NET Core. So what we had was was a uh, community contribution to uh, support the DNU and the DNVM tooling. Okay. And that's now subsequently been replaced by the .NET uh, tool that comes right. as part of the RC2 tooling. Um, so we've actually, that one we've actually obsoleted within Cake because the DNU is no longer supported. So we point people to the other uh, um, aliases for uh, .NET. And, and, and I see here right on the GitHub side, yeah, DNX utility is now out of date mm. yeah. as, so as of RC2. All of the documentation that we have on the uh, CakeBuild.net, that derives directly from source code. Right. So uh, immediately, as soon as we ship a version, it's immediately updated on the website nice. as, a, uh, as the current version. Um, wow. so those ones in particular, yeah, they'll, 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 they've been obsoleted and they'll ultimately probably removed in a, a later version. And of you also Cake, snuggle up to Octopus. That's pretty cool. Yep. So that one is, uh, so it really depends on what your build is. So, I mean, people, different people have different terminology in terms of what the build is. Sure. But mm. in terms of what we think it is, it's literally the entire end-to-end -end process. It's not just the compilation within Visual Studio. It's the, the packaging that goes with it. It's the unit testing that goes with it. It's the static code analysis that goes with it. And it's ultimately the deployment of it as well. So yeah. if you want to call out to uh, Octopus Deploy to create a release and have that go out to different environments, then again, we have uh, uh, the Octopus Deploy alias, which is just under, under the hood. as a call to the octo.exe, yep. which is doing all the work that, you, you, again, you could do in your own scripts, right. but we're just wrapping it up in a nice, uh, compact method that then has strong typing around the properties that you're associated with it. So the immediate benefit is you've got that first-time compilation. If that compilation, the script fails, there's something wrong with your script. Nice. Yeah, and of course, you, it's called Octopus Deploy, not Octopus Make or Octopus yeah. Build, right? right? Like, Build Cake is a the big picture yes. of all of the pieces that go from the point of check-in to... Exactly. Do you go all the way to the point of delivery? Like, this is a really could be a continuous delivery tool. I, I mean, absolutely. So, take, for example, um, that we use Cake to build Cake itself. So, <laughs> um, we, we like to think we're doing the proper dog fooding. So, yeah. uh, the, the entire build for um, uh, Cake is dependent on what, which branch we're building on. So we use um, Gitflow uh, as, a, as a branching structure. Yep. So if we're uh, building out the develop branch, we mm -hmm. have a number of steps, which are the compilation, the unit testing, and the uh, initial packaging. But then if we're building from our master branch, we take the deployment steps as well. So we'll publish Cake to um, NuGet.org and to Chocolatey.org. Hockey um, app too, there's an add-in There's a hockey that. app add-in as well. So if, you, if that's where, if, ultimately it depends on what your, where your application is sure. going. Sure. But yeah, there's a hockey app add-in. So for us, it's, 
Nougat.org, chocolate.org, and um, also to Homebrew. We haven't quite fully automated the deployment of the Homebrew um, mm. uh, because that's a that's a pull request that has to go into the, the Homebrew repository. Right. Um, so there's still a manual step there for us to do it, but uh, we, we do the entire end-to-end pipeline for uh, Cake with Cake. Uh, so we use that as the... Uh, default example of what you can do with cake and uh, uh, you send people there as a uh, this is what you can do it's a lot of stuff man yeah it's a lot at the same time it's also super simple it's just a bunch of c sharp indeed i mean the 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 demo that i've just given here is literally if you're if you're doing as part of your build you want to do the first two things is you want to uh, do an ms build and you want to do a new get package restore right so Mm. that's literally two lines it's a new get package restore is the method alias uh and it's literally passing the solution the the location of the solution file and it'll go off and it'll download all the new get packages that you have as a dependency on that Mm -hmm. project and then as another line within another task it's ms build pass in the solution file location but obviously because we want cake to be configurable you're still all these command line options that you'd ultimately pass to ms build right which version of ms build you're using what verbosity do you want to set Mm. do you want to set treat warnings as error to true so all of those can be set within that command line as well so within that single line you can pass all those parameters and if ms build fails does the execution stop Yes. So okay. um, uh, we basically wrap the uh, we, we look at the exit codes. Um, mm-hmm. So if uh, the underlying if the underlying tools uh, throw up an exit code, we'll respect that, and it'll literally at that point break out of the uh, the the task graph that it's currently executing, which, and it'll fail the build. Which is great because you know I was imagining having to do you know testing and exception handling and all that stuff that you normally do in C sharp. But you don't have to do any of that. You just one line after another. So, so yes and no on that one, actually. So okay. um, by default, yes. If, if um, or, or by default, no. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do all that exception handling. But for, for us... The behavior for instance, is that it'll fail the whole correct. thing. Yeah. But for example, uh, for us, when we run our cake build on Travis, right now, Travis has got a problem with the new get package restore step. Mm. So it from time to time, it will fail. Now, what we've done is we've actually, as you'll know, uh, Polly is a great retry um, uh, library. Sure. So so as part of our build, we actually say when it's running on Travis, um, if the new get package restore step fails, how about you wait and try it again? Yeah. And wait and try it again. And then if it fails three times, then fail the build. Interesting. But you can add in the retry logic. Absolutely. It's a, it's, yeah. a great, it's a great utility. So we use that as part of our build because we know that there's a specific problem on Travis uh, when we do that. Mm-hmm. And also on the flip side of that, when it comes to deployments, we actually say we want our deployments to um, to, ha- to be at least attempted to all of the destination points. So we want to attempt a deployment to NuGet and attempt a deployment to chocolate.org. Mm-hmm. So we specifically say if that fails, don't fail the entire build because we actually want all of those to be attempted at Got least it. once. And one of them, and they could be down. I mean, there's any exactly, number of reasons. Exactly that. There's no reason so, to fail. And if that build does fail, then we have we know what the manual steps are to take ownership of doing that final deployment. But we don't want it to attempt to NuGet attempt deployment to get and then fail and then not attempt the, the deployment to chocolate sure so we, you, we, we take control of that as well do you have to make your own poly policies or is there that retry stuff built in uh not built in so that would be uh, that would be a direct so what would you do is you'd reference the uh the poly new get package mm-hmm. and then within there at the top of your script you'd have using your, poly, your poly and then you'd specify so the you do have to use it yourself which is yep. cool because that gives you ultimate control i mean we wouldn't want to lose any of the flexibility within sure. poly by adding another layer of abstraction on top yeah, well, of it it's C sharp. Just do the method handling or the, the exception handling that you want, and mm-hmm. you, that you've, you've done elsewhere in another. So project. it sounds like a script starts off super simple. Like you said, you could do it in two steps: new yep. get MS build, and but as you start doing testing and doing and getting going further down the deploy and and dealing with different error handling modes. I mean, I totally get if the if the build failed, you don't want to proceed, but if deploys to different third party sites failed, you do want to proceed. Exactly. You also have Xamarin. Uh, support in there so that you mm-hmm. can like create Android packages, create iOS packages. Yeah. So that, those packages were actually contributed directly from uh, a, a Xamarin employee um, from Jonathan Dick. Uh, wow. he, he did all that work. Uh, so what we like to say is that the Xamarin components team, i.e. Microsoft, <laughs> are actually using uh, Cake right now for their build processes. Nice. And you can upload them to the store with uh, these yes, you can, looking. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. So wow. part it's of your build really process actually be firing it up to the store. So yeah. cool. That's really so interesting. So all of the Xamarin components, they, they do it in a really interesting way. Um, they, there's a, we, we now have a Git uh, alias for uh, Cake, which allows you to run Git commands. Mm-hmm. So they've got all of their components within a single repository. So what they do as part of their build step is they say, what's changed 
as part of this build. So they'll use the, cake, the Git alias for Cake to say what files have changed and then only run a build on a sub folder of all their components. Right. So they only build the components that have actually changed. So they're optimizing their build system, again, by stitching together the different uh, tools that Cake make available to them. I also see you have docfx support. That's really mm -hmm. cool. Yep. So again, as part of your build, you might want to build documentation. So that's where things like docfx or there's also uh, YAM in there. YAM is another open source repository or open source tool uh, for uh, static page generation. Yep. So um, that comes direct. That adding comes directly from uh, the the creator of YAM. So again, he's seen he uses cake to build his own tool so he uses he, he ships uh, an add-in for cake I, to do that anyway, i know doc fx what's ym where did it come from ym is a by a guy called um uh, I'll, I'll murder his name now because I'll, I'll forget i only know his twitter handle uh, I'm, I'm fairly sure it's dave glick um it's uh, oh, yeah he uh, created this tool called ym that is uh, very similar to doc fx in the sense that it's taking uh static code generator uh, a bunch of static files and generating something from the end of it right but he's all, he's all under the hood he's using roslyn to do that as well so there's modules that you can add in for doing various different parts basically creating what is essentially an abstract syntax tree almost of the documentation that you have in your repository mm -hmm. and then spitting it out to have oh here's some HTML files over here or here's some files over here right it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a build pipeline for documentation uh, so it's a WYAM um, is the the tool there so um, talk about IL merge a little bit this is an interesting tool mm -hmm. and then there's another one that's uh, IL repack that's sort of similar uh, so the, the, those tooling are just again what you might do within the build. That um, so, so you take multiple assemblies and put them together. Correct, exactly one. that. So for, yeah. ex for as an example, um, as part of some of the tools that uh, some of the projects that I work on, we want to ship the end result, which is an exe. We don't want to have a, a bunch of uh, dependent DLLs yeah. just sitting on the file system. Yep. So where you can, obviously license and permitting, you can uh, IL merge, take the contents of the, the IL code within that uh, reference assembly and put it into the exe. Yeah. Sure. So the end result is just a standalone EXE that you can ship, and it, the tool will just work. In, in C++ days, that was called linking. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember linking. Yeah, link. First you compiled, then you linked. Compile and link. Nice. So the one that I personally like to use, I, I don't typically use ILMERS directly. Uh, I'll use the, the, the FODI add-in. I think you guys are familiar with yeah, that. Fody. From Simon We've Crop. talked about FODI. Yeah. Um, I use the, the FODI add-in for ILMERS that um, it takes care of that automatically. Uh, mm. it's not a, it's, there's not a call out to a standalone tool. It just does that as part of the initial MS build. That's how I prefer to do it. But sure. It's, it's, it's uh, horses and courses. Some people do it one way, some people do it another way. That's the way I personally like it. Yeah. And also uh, support for Gulp with something called Node. Yep. And so, I mean, uh, again, uh, as you said, the, the cake is this kind of top-level overview of the entire build process. Your, yeah. your build process is not just going to be .NET uh, projects. You might have uh, web applications as well that are using uh, Gulp, so we're, or Gulp or Grunt or npm we're not going to take over that if there's already a mechanism to do that but what we what we can do is we can fully orchestrate that process so as part of the build you do your .NET assembly buildings and then you call out to gulp to do the necessary tasks to build the angular apps or the react apps, whatever it is you're doing and then again stitch them all together and then deploy them as part of the, the overall pipeline yeah, there's no one way to do all of this, right? Like, there's so many choices here. There's definitely, there's the, I think you've said it before, is like, you, you have to pick a tribe. And yeah. You have to know which one you're wanting to do and, on. And, and what tools uh, that works well with each other and, exactly. and works well with you as but well. But what we're not going to say is you, that you have to do it this way. Yes. We not want one support. way to test, yes. not one way to document. So we need to get, we don't need to support everything. No. And we'll, we'll certainly never support all of those things uh, in Cake directly. But this uh, library of third-party add-ins that we have, someone can come along and add in the next new tool. Right. But again, the pipeline doesn't change. You still no. want to have, you want to orchestrate that pipeline. entire thing. It's another task. It's added to the, the, the script and you just add it in. Yeah. Yeah, you almost wonder if there can't be sort of a consistent poly element to that, that you can say there's a simple sort of syntax for this should be retried, this should fail the whole thing, yeah. you know, this should be skipped if it fails. You know? I mean, there's, there's certainly um, what we do within each... Uh, so maybe take a step back. So as part mm -hmm. of the build process, you have these kind of standalone tasks. And right. what uh, Cake will do is it'll take all of those tasks and it'll uh, 
uh, add them into what's known as a directed acyclical graph, and it will attempt each of those tasks at least once. Right. But with on each task, you can actually specify criteria to say if and when this task should actually be attempted. Right. So, and that's just a lambda expression. So you can have that dependent on anything. Okay. Uh, so for, ex so for example, don't run this until that's completed. Or, or, or yes, or further to that, um, don't run this if you're running on AppVir. Right. Don't run this if you're running on the develop branch. Don't run this if something else in the pipeline hasn't been set. Right. So again, the cake will attempt it. It'll look at the criteria and say whether it should be executed or not. And it'll then just say, nope, that, that task was skipped. Yeah, I'm uh, not ready. Move on to the next one. Yeah. Because yeah. I think about all the ways I've automated large-scale web testing where we've broken out all the way, you know, built multiple instances of the site in the cloud, distributed all the tests across and run them, but it's always been sort of an independent thing we've done. I'm just mm. imagining what that would look like running from within the context of Cake. You, is it just going to be a single call to something that's going to do all the division, or would you actually try and do that within Cake? So it really depends. I mean, you can structure the Cake file however you want. Mm -hmm. The typical flow is you have a default task, and you have all the dependency tasks, and then it just does all of them. Right. But if you're depending on what environments you're running on, you might want to say to Cake, okay, I'm on this environment, so run start the, the entry point for the task is, or the, the script is this task. Right. So you're then running a subset of those tasks. Right. So depending on whether you've, you've structured, uh, for instance, you might have uh, the main build that's the generating all the artifacts, yep. but then those artifacts go on to another system, and then you can run off another cake build at that point saying, okay, I've already got my artifacts, yeah. how about you just do the deployment on this environment, yeah, or you, you do the deployment in this environment. You get, to a, you get to a buildable set, a new package for this app, correct. right? And it's full of maybe cake scripts or something else that actually, these are the different servers you need to create, yeah. and, and, and so on, like the, the full manifest for building so the, the site. The, there always has to be some sort of higher level understanding of the environment and mm -hmm. which part of the cake script you want to run on each one, yeah. but it's certainly there's no there's no reason you can't have uh, all your tasks within one big single cake file and then just have different entry points. Right. Or you can actually split the cake file up into, into multiple different pieces. In, yeah. in some ways, it, that would make a lot of sense that the test automation manager, the person, to actually be responsible for the script for executing that, because there is sort of an eyeball part of how many instances do I need, how many tests are going to run in each one, how do we roll that up, like, yeah. and I'd like to, to give them independence on that. You do want to get them to a place where it's like, I just call this, and all of that stuff happens. That's true. And then I could have a master script that's, okay, it's time to do that set of tests. Yeah. Because the other thing as well, like I'll take an example of what, how we run Cake is we have our uh, we we have our build script that's running the the, the compilation and the testing, mm -hmm. but we also have a suite of what we refer to as integration tests, mm -hmm. and and those are where we're actually exercising Cake on AppVare, because again, AppVare spins up a new VM each time, so yep. we, we can test stuff in isolation and not worry about uh, impacting on any other part of the system. So we run that integration test twice a day. Right. We don't run that as part of our every time code gets checked in, because right. that takes a long time. Too long. But we still want those integration tests to happen to know that if we've changed something within Cake, um, and it's broken something once it's actually executed Cake. Right. We want to know about that as soon as possible, but mm. we don't want to also stand in the way of moving forward. So we have a different entry point into the Cake script. It's got to be run that day. Test. Like, you, Absolutely, you yes. Yeah. You can't wait until the next day or the next week because then you, the developers forgotten what they did oh, totally. or the change that they made. But if you can do that on a, even at 12 o'clock that night or uh, or at 12 o'clock, both 12 o'clocks, mm. there's at least then the chance to catch what's happened. Well, in, these in, things in with the cloud, like you just fork off on your own way, area and run it separately, even That's if it's an older build, right? Yeah. Like, grab an old package, but run through the sequence. Just make mm. sure the sequence still works. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. I think we're struggling to fully grasp what the cloud's done to us. <laughs> it's like, you know what I need? I need 20 computers for the next 10 minutes. Mm. <laughs> and that's just not that big a deal. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. As long as you decompose, you know, now you got me thinking about how I decompose those different dependencies. So when I work on the master script, how do I test that mm -hmm. entire master script mm. without impacting all the other work that's going on there? Right, it's just like... True. Use more cloud. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Uh, it must be that happy time again. Yes. It's time to avow that I will not mention any obvious jokey phrases today, such as having your cake and eating it too, piece of cake, gulping down a glass of milk with a piece of cake, let them eat cake, or anything like that. I simply refuse to stoop to that level, so I won't do it. <laughs> if I knew you were waiting for a bad joke, I would have baked it. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually time to give away a Telerik DevCraft collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, 
Building a mobile application for iOS, Android, or Windows Phone doesn't have to leave you yearning for the zombie apocalypse. Life is worth living, we promise. There's definitely a better way, and it's the Telerik platform. It not only helps you build awesome cross-plat mobile apps fast, it's also a complete solution that supports the entire spectrum of your development needs. From design, build, and test, to deploy, manage, and measure, you're covered. Try it free at Telerik.com slash platform. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Mark Forbes. Uh, congratulations, Mark. Yeah. Golf clap for you, sir. <laughs> clappers for you, sir. <laughs> you like the clappers, Gary? I've often wondered what they look They're like. Real. Yeah, They're real. They're real. You've got them in your ass. You've touched the clappers. <laughs> They're obnoxious. That's yeah. what they are. They are. that Very obnoxious. And uh, Mark Forbes just won the DevCraft collection from Telerik. That's a big pile of awesome from them. If you don't know what we just did here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, Answer a few questions and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. and every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. Gary, it's your turn. What would you buy with $5,000? So I have given this a bit of thought. I bet you have. <laughs> and ultimately, I mean... Is there one bottle of whiskey you could buy with 5000 There probably could be one bottle of whiskey, yes. I'm not quite sure how I would sneak that into the technology. (laughs) um, So no, I I could say the typical sort of, I need a new laptop, I need a new monitor. Mm. The truth is I don't. I have everything that I need. But what I do have is a two and a half year old daughter who is looking forward, or rather I'm looking forward, to playing with a bunch of toys with her. Um, So I'm thinking (laughs) along the lines of Lego Technics, Lego Mindstorms, Science Kits. Science kits, chemistry kits, (laughs) physics kits, all of the stuff that Mm. I would love to... play with her uh, as, she get, as she starts to grow up. So that's I love, where I would focus my money. I love the fact that you're, you're getting your daughter into science and oh, stuff. Oh, she's going to have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You know, they just don't make science kits the way they used to either, right? I've, I've found mm-hmm. some, uh, some catalog images from the 1950s where you could actually like buy chunks of radium and things. <laughs> ah. That radiation it came with its own little Geiger counter. That's great. Yeah, what could go can't, wrong? Can't get one of those no, anymore. Not I, even for 5000 Yeah, no. I, I took my daughters um, once to uh, Philadelphia or maybe it was Chicago. Yeah, it was the Chicago Science Museum and they had what is essentially a mind-controlled ball game. Oh, yeah. So you sit down, basically, one person at one end, one person at the other end, you put on a head thing, uh, and you think, you know, you try to basically relax. And the more you relax, the, f- the more power you, the ball goes in okay, your direction yeah. towards the other goal. And so the whole idea is to relax. But uh, and there's a game that I bought them called Mind Ball, which is essentially the same thing. Okay. But what a fun time. And that, uh, that was one of the things that got them interested in science yeah. I, mean, I am sort of torn because I, although I want her to be in, involved in te- technology and know about technology and all these things I also don't want her to be dependent on it like you see some kids walking right. around faces in their iPads or their iPods or whatever that's just the way it is I also, like, I, I also like the fact that she'll go and pick up a book and read a book you know yeah. I mean? so I'm, I am torn but yeah the, the 5,000 probably go but towards but you can f- point out the features of a book that are superior to technology for, for example complete random access I mean <laughs> instant you can turn to any page and read yeah. anything. Battery uh, life's off. Battery life is great. <laughs> Resolution's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never have to worry about uh, it going away. I so have not read a paper book in a long time. Since, since Once I got my Kindle, that was it for me. Well, yeah. I, I'm actually uh, a big audiobook fan. Oh, so really? Just me too. The, just because of the commute that I have, I have an hour trip each way. Right. So I just go through audiobooks like me yeah. Too. model. Yeah, got, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you, can, you need your eyes, but you can give your ears over to something else. So rather than listen to the radio and the news, I'll We don't I'll make it a podcast, the, clearly. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I get to a point where I've, I've caught up on them all, and then the tail end of the week I've got, or the month rather I've got space for an audiobook <laughs> so I do I prioritize my podcast and then I'll do the audiobook really so Richard and I were just saying that you know if we had sponsorship we would record five shows a week so yeah, there's, you know it's, there's not a lack of content yeah. that's for sure but right? then it's I wouldn't get any audiobook so you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, .NET's evolving right mm-hmm. we've gone open source for cross platform does this cake hold up in those scenarios can you deploy .NET onto or you know into Linux and things like that? So it, it does. I mean, Cake kind of uh, comes from a couple of d- different standpoints there. So Cake itself 
will use uh, either Roslyn or the Mono Compiler to do right. the um, script compilation. So it does work cross-platform. So if you've if, if you've created a, a Cake uh, script, you can run that on uh, Windows, Mac, and OS X. So nice. that will execute all in all of those places. Ultimately, we want to remove the dependency on Mono because once the um, Roslyn scripting becomes fully cross-platform, yeah, we'll take a dependency just on that. So yeah, we kind of we can. Mono, it's not like Mono's going away per no, se, no. but they are adopting big chunks of. You know, the original product just because so it'll sure. just it'll just simplify our process because sure. right now we've got two scripting engines and we have to utilize both to, dependent on uh, where we're targeting right. so we want to kind of clean that up and just take a dependence on one uh, so from another standpoint uh, Cake itself will target .NET Core so rather than uh, doing .NET Framework at the minute it will target .NET Core right. we've basically taken the standpoint that we don't want to go there yet I, um, could, see, I could see why considering um, the sure. kicking we took between RC1 yes. and RC2 so ASP.NET Core one uh, but the .NET Core, they're having a hell of a time. This is not a small problem. It's, it's not, it's, mm. The engineering problem that they're trying to undertake is, is by no, it's no small feat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what we don't want to do is get stuck in that loop of uh, implementing it and then having to fix it and having to fix it and having yeah. to fix it. So as mm -hmm. a minimum, Cake is going to say up to the 27th of June, I think is the day that they've announced, we'll yep. start looking at it at that point, I think, or preparing for that day. Right. What we have mm. done, though, is preempted that. We've used the... Um, uh, .NET Core Portability Analyzer to mm -hmm. look at the code that we have in Cake to then say how close are we to running on .NET Core and the results of that is we're in the 90% uh, across the projects That's so we, we've got very little to actually do to, to support .NET Core. You've got support for VS Code too, don't you? Uh, we have a so the, an add-in. We have an add-in for VS Code, yes. So what that allows is um, there's a couple of kind of in order to get the, the, the Cake scripts up and running uh, there's a couple of things you have to do. So we've added in um, a couple of commands into VS Code to download the bootstrapper, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also have syntax highlighting in VS Code because of the it knows about the .cake file extension. So we have at least um, syntax highlighting in VS Code. Mm, okay. Uh, and we're also looking to do that same thing in uh, Visual Studio proper. Um, so what we have in right now in Visual Studio is you can actually debug a cake script. So uh, what, we, what we advocate is that a cake script needs to be instrumented and it needs to have diagnostics so that when it's sure. ultimately running on a CI server you can look at the logs and you can say this is what went wrong but while you're creating that um, uh, script the last thing you want to do is have to go into that retry loop of yeah. uh, run the build did it fail run the build did it fail mm. so what we've recently just added in the uh, second to last release of Cake was the support for debugging so you can spin up uh, the Cake script uh, within Visual Studio, and then you've got the the, the same debugging uh, thing that you've had forever. So wow. F10 debugging, uh, yeah. F11 stepping through it, getting all the watch variables to see what's going on. So if the build isn't working the way you want it to, then you can figure out exactly what's going on uh, just by debugging the Cake script directly. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. it's a kind of a nice. It's something that's always so, so. There's two things that people have always asked for, and that is the debugging ability and the uh, IntelliSense support. Hmm. So we've got at least one of those now. Yeah, IntelliSense um, is not that simple. Like, it's 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 not, and it's not that's not a problem we're trying to solve because other people, other smarter people, have figured that part out. Nice. So that's where OmniSharp comes in. Right. So if we can figure out how we can pass over uh, the Cake context into OmniSharp, uh, we're hoping that it's almost uh, like that just building a manifest assembly, mm. right? There's there, there's definitely some handshaking that needs to happen between right. the two, and we just basically need to figure that part out. Right. Yeah, you got to learn more right. or less learn OmniSharp. It, it, it's a case of priority at that point. I mean, all three guys who are the the core contributors now, we've all got kids, we've all got jobs. Yeah. We've We've all got a life, so there's prioritization. And the last couple of uh, releases of Cake have literally been um, shoring up in terms of documentation, uh, getting some in in integration tests set up so that we can prepare. The, the, the integration test was a big one because we knew that the port to .NET Core was coming up. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to have that big uh, monumental shift in the code base without having some sort of uh, test framework to, or yeah, test suite to go through. Yeah, because a huge number of hours for you guys, right? At a time when it's tough to give up all those yeah, hours. exactly. So. Yeah. So as much preventative and preparatory work you can do. Exactly. So we're basically avoiding that or trying to avoid as much of that pain as possible that by bottleneck. doing some of the, the back-end work that we can and then port to .NET. I, I know you came on the project later, but do you have any insight into the, the biggest challenges that went into building Cake? Um... Uh, or sure. ongoing challenges, maybe? So ongoing challenges, um, it's... We are where we are now is we're at a point where we've got a solid code base and it's really the, the, the roadmap that we have is uh, some of the tooling really. So where we've got gaps in the tooling that people want, mm -hmm. we want to either address them or have some community support going on. Sure. But the, 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 the problems that we have run into is um, when 
people come to us with questions regarding the external tooling because NuGet.exe right now or the NuGet v3 doesn't play very well when running on Linux. Interesting. There's just problems with it. Hear that, um, Jeff Ritz? <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are issues. Let's just say there, there are issues. issues. So then oh, the problem that we have then is, well, is that a cake issue? Yeah. That, uh, the, the way that we're calling NuGet, is that the issue or is that a problem with underlying tooling? So apart, uh, we have a, we've got a Gitter room set up so where we, can, we, we encourage people to come and ask us questions. Mm-hmm. Some, a lot of the problems that we have or the questions that we get is something's broken and then we have to figure out well is it cake or is it the underlying tooling sure. so the, the kind of the first pass is well all cake is really doing is the orchestration of the underlying tool have you right. tried just running the tool directly right. does that work no well that's your problem yeah, right. Right. cake yeah. can't solve those problems for you yeah, sure. it's, that's a different issue um, so that's, that's also basic diagnostics just move, move some of the moving pieces right. out so, so I mean, by default uh, cake doesn't run with um, uh, diagnostic logging or verbose logging mm-hmm. so the first thing is we say to people run it with a diagnostic logging so we can figure out what command is being executed take that command run it directly yeah. and then if that causes the problem then well We'll try and help you, but ultimately, that's that's yeah. that's you downstream. That's, that's so, on you. Yeah, no, no, those but are the biggest challenges that we have just now, and it's it's really the other the other challenges that we we're, we're all very technology focused, and then we'll pick something and we'll want to run with it, and we're like, well, is that the core focus for where we are on the roadmap of Cake, mm, right. or we maybe need to take a step back and say, well, that's a great idea, but no, we need to get this implemented first or this implemented. So we we do use um, the issues on GitHub, and we have milestones, so we've got a rough idea about what we're pulling in on any particular build or, or release rather so people can go and look and see what's coming down the pipeline as well is Good. it still really patrick's vision it is i, I mean, mean he's the biggest contributor well he, he was the he, he, he started he's, the thing he's the one who started it so yeah. patrick who let's give him credit uh, patrick svensson yeah okay. yeah so he started the project and like i said matthias uh, carlson came on quite early uh, oh, that's in, right into mm-hmm. the in, into the project so those two have really guided uh, where it's where it's taken shape mm. and we do have a top level roadmap um but a lot of it comes uh, a lot of the what was it the the 0.12.0 release literally almost nothing in that came from us Mm. that was all community contributions things that people said we wanted to do this we needed to do this and we literally if you look at the blog post there's a maybe 10 or 12 different contributors that are not us Mm. Uh, and it's you've got a long tail of contributors it's almost 40 contributors there but it's like Patrick Matthias, you, yeah, and then is yeah. a, then is sort of a substantial gap after yeah. that. That, uh, but it's it, but we do. I mean, like the the, the debugging support that I spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. that was a community contribution. That wasn't us. Nice. That was someone who is actively using Cake, but wants to use it in a in a way that uh, it's easier for him to debug it. And he also he wanted a challenge for um, he wanted to play with a Roslyn based project and figure out how things worked. Yeah. So he took that uh, thing that was on the roadmap and just ran with it. And we were like, well, I, we have. I've got time to look at it just now. Yeah, if, it's if, hard to be upset if you want to do it. Sure, yeah. I, I, guys, building stuff you've planned out in advance, they're not just running off and building whatever they want. Yeah. Right? That's, I that's mean, so there, there's definitely an element of then the, the, the contributing process that we have is we do ask people to um, create an issue first. Uh, we'll discuss it within that issue, yeah. and then if is that something that we want people to run with, then we can. Because that's also basic civility too. Yeah, it's like do not just show up with code. Have a conversation. That's it. I mean, nobody the, wants to waste anybody's time. I, and I know, and we deal with this in humanitarian toolbox. That thing sucks more than someone with a big pull request that yeah. they worked really hard on. Mm. That's just nowhere near your road. Exactly, now. and we have we have run into that unfortunately. Yeah. And what we like to think is we've dealt with it in a way that is the best for everyone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we, we can't all we we can't just accept code because someone created it. It has well, to and fit we've into got no place where by the end of the conversation, the guy's like, oh oh yeah, let me put that let me get that back from you. I get it now. Yeah. So you we know? do have the there's the there's a document out there that's the contributing process that we like to follow, right. and we do like because. We, we, we love getting contributions don't get me wrong sure. it, it helps us greatly but we also want to do it in a way that we, we can give guidance as to how it should be a, a, approached and then ultimately uh, we create the pull request or they have the pull request created yeah. and we go through it as a conversation fix this fix this yeah, fix this and ultimately it gets pulled in yeah, the, it's always been there needs to be a dictator for life hopefully bene- benevolent right <laughs> like you don't you can't just go straight chaos it's, yeah. it's got to be managed to some degree and you want some vision there about yeah. where that's going to go absolutely so yeah it's uh, I, the my experience with humanitarian toolbox we've spent spending a lot more time on github and a lot more of watching 
conscientious people find a way to contribute yeah. one way yeah. or the other. Yeah. But no, in, in terms, to, uh, to go back to your question, in terms of, I mean, it was Patrick's original vision, mm -hmm. but he'll be the first person to say that he's, he's willing to accept contributions from anyone or take sure. ideas uh, to evolve the project. So that's yeah. really, we'll talk about things internally that have maybe come up and then we'll address them. Uh, so th there's no ideas never going to be thrown away without a discussion. And it occurs mm -hmm. to me that no one person sits with a broad view of continuous delivery. No. You, you always have to take your stripe for your project, and that's probably going to influence everything you do from there. Like the chances of coming at it from a totally different angle. And I think about the comment that I read at the beginning of the show, where here's a Java guy who mm. probably had a tool chain. Now he's living in the .NET. And he's so, just trying to figure out a tool chain. Yeah. You know? and he, he knows what continuous delivery is. Yeah. He just needs how to adapt it and know the tools he'll, for it. That he'll know it when he stack. sees it happening for him yeah. in, in this world. Exactly. It's like they, there's not one. It's not one product. It's not one thing. Yeah. Yep. So it's really interesting to see that, that kind of challenge. And it's also manifesting in how the project's being built, too. Yep. That just trying to get every... You want everybody's variation on the vision of CD to come out there, but without, without destroying what's come before. Yeah, and like I say, that's where we, we're, we're not a project that dictates it has to be done this way and it has to be done this way. Mm -hmm. We like to think that it's completely open and flexible. Mm -hmm. the, the, for instance, in the last release, we've made it so that if you don't like the way that Cake does logging or we doesn't the way that we do tool resolution, right. you can rip out all of that. Mm -hmm. you can, it, we use um, dependency injection and IOC. Yeah. So Drop if you in don't, a Serilog type thing, feed it into ETW. Like yeah, there's a bunch of ways you can go there. All of that you do it. So it's, yeah. it's literally... Um, you, as long as you derive from the interface that we defined, you can add in. A, we've added effectively module support mm -hmm. that allows you to rebrand re or uh, redo cake however you want it to happen. Yeah, sure. um, now, what we will say, or what I will say, is that although we've released it in the, the 014 release, it's kind of a dark feature just now because we mm. wanted to put it out there just for testing purposes. Nice. So we're not expect we haven't we haven't documented it yet because uh, we're going to use it and make sure it's all working the way we want it to and then uh, op obviously open that up with documentation to say this is how you can modify it and go through. So you're literally doing like a feature toggle there? It's not so much that. So uh, uh, the example that we've given is, uh, or the example that uh, on the PR for it is if you wanted, it's a completely arbitrary example, <laughs> but imagine you wanted to um, reverse all of the log statements. So rather than it being printed out left to right, you wanted to go backwards. Okay, so, hey, you um, know, why you, not? you might feel um, So sensible. what you can do is you uh, create a module. You, you say that this module uh, basically replaces the iCake log with the reverse log, mm -hmm. and then uh, you put it into a, a convention-based folder that is the modules folder. Cake will, rather than loading up the uh, default cake log as part of the, the execution, it'll load up the one that's in the modules folder. So anytime we call out to uh, what is effectively console.write, it'll go through your logger. Right. So all the statements is written out in reverse. So, so it's a completely it, arbitrary example, but, but it's, it's composable. Right? It shows how cake is composable. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So that, that goes across the board. So if it's a, how you want to resolve a tool, maybe you don't want to go to NuGet, you want to go to some completely a UNC path where you store all your NuGet packages right. um, or something else or you want to go to chocolate or you want to go somewhere else right. um, uh -huh. you can rip out the innards of cake replace it with what you what you want and, and make it work how you want it yeah, to do yeah of course you can as we said at the top of the show you can always write your own DLL and call it from cake so that's true as well yep. it's just yeah. C sharp man. it's just C sharp, just C -sharp. Yeah. Do yeah. It, there literally isn't anything it can't do I mean, exactly that. I mean, you've, you've got this big wealth of packages on NuGet for doing all of these things, and if you want to build that into your, proce into your process, then go for it. As an example, um, there's the, there is a, an add-in for doing JSON, manipulating JSON files as part of, you, part of your work. Right. But if that doesn't quite do what you want it to do, just reference the NewtonSoft. Everyone, everyone, sure. everyone uses the NewtonSoft, yeah, the yeah. JSON.net now. <laughs> so you uh, add that uh, as a NuGet reference, yep. you add then the using NewtonSoft uh, uh, namespace, and then you just do its built-in methods for doing it. So you go to town, exactly. Nice. So that's, that's how we were able to do the, the poly retry loops just with that exact yeah, same thing. That's yeah. great. So what's next for Cake? So the next for Cake in terms of the exciting news that I'm happy to announce as dun, part of this podcast. Dun, 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 dun. Um, we are now officially a member of the .NET Foundation. Yeah, wow, good that's for you, great. Man. So I know it was mentioned. I think Bill mentioned it on a previous show uh, on a panel discussion. Right. Um, so that was wasn't just quite there yet. Um, yeah. But no, there will be a blog post on the uh, .NET Foundation uh, blog uh, today to coincide Fantastic. with the recording of the show and the the the, the session that I've just done. So yeah, we are now a member of the .NET Foundation, and we're really happy to to have that uh, in terms of uh, publicity and uh, knowledge sharing that goes with it. Today um, being June 9th, not the day that this show comes out. Absolutely, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, no, so it will be today. Sorry, so it will be today. The 
the ninth is when it's going yes. to be announced. Yes. Coming yeah. out. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah, this, this whole time shifting thing, I don't quite I get. We, it's, <laughs> it's hard a, for us too. It's a yeah. world we live in, yeah. for better or worse. So now that's where we are. And off the back of that, I mean, nothing's going to change from our point of view. I mean, we still no. own the project. We still drive the, um, the the direction of it. But we have the fallbacks of we have people we can talk to. I mean, yeah. um, Dominic Bayer is going to be our mentor. He's a, a member of the .NET yeah, Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Identity yeah. Servers there yeah. too. So Dominic is going to be our mentor. So we've got any immediate questions, we can go to him. And obviously Martin Woodward, uh, the head of it, we've, mm-hmm. we've been working with him yeah. uh, to get that uh, to get that enrollment process going forward. So it's awesome. Um, All right. So I just have one more question for you, Gary. Shoot. What's your current favorite whiskey? My current favorite whiskey. So I'll be honest. I. I'm not a big whiskey connoisseur. Oh my god! I have and to be honest. Don't yourself, get me wrong. You I, call yourself a Scot. I I, I enjoy whiskey. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not a connoisseur. So I normally okay. I, I I like to befriend myself with people who do know whiskey, <laughs> and I have a few of those, and I take their I take their advice. When and by the way, you noticed I said whiskey and not scotch. I I, I, wasn't I, gonna, I was, yeah, I was, I was uh, <laughs> reprimanded in Aberdeen. I think it was. But it's only scotch outside of Scotland. Yeah. So yeah. no, I, uh, I I do enjoy whiskey, but I'm not a connoisseur. So still, what's point. your preferred bottle? Of, like, I, like I always keep a bottle of grouse around for yeah. pe- no, I, people um, who don't know, or I'm on my third drink and it doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I, we recently did a, uh, a tour up to Dufton as well. So anything yeah. from that oh, area, the that whole is, northern yeah. part of the Spey. Yeah, yeah. I, anything from that area, I will happily happily I, take. I've, I've heard yet. rumor now because we when we were up there visiting you guys in January, we got. Uh, couple of bottles of the ton 1509 yeah, from yes, Alvini. Yeah. and here it's just exploded up there like it, it, you, you cannot be had uh, it's, it's uh, gone they're doing really I actually drove through Dufton the other day and they've, they're, they must be expanding the, the distilleries there because there's some work going on oh, just yeah. now yeah, yeah everybody's so building yeah. that new McAllen distillery is insane it's just yeah. gigantic yeah. Yeah. So but nice. all their warehouses all those buildings are full of aging barrels that's it and uh and they're out of 12. Like, it's hard to come by 12 these days. Yeah. Right? I think I, I, when we were up in Dufton doing the tour, they were saying that they'd had a, a roof collapse at some point. And oh, they'd, yeah. they'd lost a, a whole a whole ton of whiskey that was <sighs> it was uh, from the snow, uh, just the weight of the snow. Right, sure. And uh, there, was a, there was a roof collapse. And yeah. they've had to obviously work to, to salvage what they can. But, uh, well, we can't wait to come back. Can yeah, we, we'll be back. Well, we'll be, we'll be happy to have you back whenever right. you want. So. Hey, thanks for spending the hour with us. It's been it's great long. having you. It's really a great tool. Yes. Something people need to spend more time with. Agreed. Perfect. All right, and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Transmit a band by the FCC.